From Finance and Commerce, this is Beyond the Skyline, a podcast about economic development, commercial real estate, and construction in Minnesota. Above all, it's a show about what's next, creativity, and the innovation and technology that are changing how we work and shaping the future of business throughout our state. In each episode, you will meet business leaders, builders, entrepreneurs, and big thinkers who may challenge the status quo, but also make their dreams a reality. I'm Joel Shetler, your host and editor of Finance and Commerce, Minnesota's oldest business newspaper and online publication. Thanks so much for joining me. In the aftermath of civil unrest following the death of George Floyd, Minnesota's insurance industry has found itself in the spotlight. Amid the Floyd protests, looters torched, damaged, and destroyed hundreds of Twin Cities businesses. When the smoke cleared, perhaps one of the first calls business owners made was to their insurance agents, a first step toward rebuilding. Insurance will cover damage from riots and looting in many cases, according to the Insurance Federation of Minnesota. However, many business owners learned the hard way that they didn't have adequate insurance to cover their losses. In the following interview, Mark Kolda, Vice President of Public Affairs for the Insurance Federation of Minnesota, discusses the insurance claims process, what may or may not be covered, and how businesses can protect themselves. I'm pleased to be joined by Mark Kolda, Vice President of Public Affairs for the Insurance Federation of Minnesota, a nonprofit state insurance trade association representing about 50 insurance companies and other related organizations. Uh, Mark, thank you for joining us today. Thanks a lot for having me, Brian. I appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. Well, I wonder if you could start by just uh, maybe for those who aren't familiar with you or the Insurance Federation, just start out by talking a little bit about uh, your your mission, how long you've been around, and uh, who some of your members uh, are. Sure. So the Insurance Federation of Minnesota is, as you mentioned, it's a nonprofit state insurance trade association. And there's, you know, every state has one. We're uh, basically, these are organizations that are member organizations. And so insurance companies become the members of the IFM. And then our mission is to basically advocate on behalf of not only the member companies, uh, but also the consumers. So many times what we do is we advocate for good legislation, good policies, that are pro-consumer so that the insurance buyers are well served. And so uh, that's basically our mission. We work mostly at the Minnesota legislature and also in front of a few regulators, most notably the Minnesota Department of Commerce. Now the Insurance Federation of Minnesota has been around since 1914. So we've been here uh, over 106 years now uh, advocating on behalf of insurance companies and their policyholders. Uh, we uh, have for, uh, for a long time, but we're headquartered in downtown St. Paul. We're currently in Bloomington, uh, but we do represent about 50 insurance companies that sell what we know, what we call property casualty insurance. So we represent companies that sell things like homeowners insurance, auto insurance, professional liability insurance, uh, commercial insurance, surety bonds, things like that. We do not represent companies that sell health insurance or life insurance. Uh, but we do represent uh, property casualty companies in Minnesota. We have done that for the last 106 years. Uh, My position is as vice president of public affairs. So I work on uh, media relations and also engage in some lobbying activities at the Capitol. Okay. And how long have you been with the Federation? I started first in uh, 1999 and then I left briefly for about two years. uh, And uh, then I came back uh, and been 
there since then. So uh, it's, uh, in the last 21 years, uh, I've been there 19 of the last 21 years. So quite a long time. Nice run. So um, obviously just to jump right into, I guess, the A topic, a lot of people have been talking about uh, the, the, the civil unrest um, after the death of George Floyd and the number of businesses that uh, suffered damage from the looting and rioting and so forth. And uh, there have been some talk in the um, in the press about maybe maybe some frustration about the how the claims are being paid out or the timeliness of that, and maybe some people waiting longer than they would like. Um, how, how would you respond to that? And what are I guess can you walk us through some of the complexities of that situation? Sure. Well, I think the first thing to realize is that uh, these losses, these losses due to uh, looting, vandalism, rioting, these are specifically spelled out as covered in almost every commercial insurance policy. So the term is rioting, looting, and civil commotion. Those words are actually written in the standard commercial, uh, commercial insurance policy. They've been in those policies for many years. And so in almost every case, these losses that are being presented as claims are going to be payable under the terms of the insurance policy. So then it kind of asks the question is, did the, did the policyholders have the right kind of coverage and did they have enough coverage? And I think when you uh, listen to the business owners in, uh, in Minneapolis and St. Paul, uh, some of them were a little bit confused as to what their insurance policies contained. And so we find that many of the concerns that are being raised are by policyholders who either didn't understand their coverage or in many cases, sadly, we're finding that these business owners actually deliberately either didn't buy the coverage they needed. So for example, they might have only bought a, a policy that covered liability in case they get sued, but no property coverage at all. Or they may have bought a policy with a limit that they knew was too low to replace the contents in the building and business interruption claims, et cetera. And they did that deliberately because they didn't want to pay the premium for full coverage. So what we know is that, you know, our, our, our member companies have gotten many claims, hundreds and hundreds of claims, upwards of a thousand. Uh, they are in the process of paying these claims. And we are hearing from people that there are concerns about insurance coverage in that area. But as I explained, mostly it's because the business owners either didn't have right coverage or enough of it. Um, we did, uh, get asked by the Minnesota Department of Commerce to provide them with some data on the number of claims, the amount of claims payments that we've made already, and how much we expect to pay. And the department has used a percentage to kind of roughly estimate how many claims have been paid. And we wanted to let them know that that's probably not a very good accurate depiction on what's actually happening in that area. And so we did have a meeting uh, several weeks ago with that then Commerce Commissioner Steve Kelly and some of his staff. Just walk through the process, how it happens, what you do when you file a claim, especially in these, these aren't, aren't run-of-the-mill auto and homeowners claims where it's pretty easy to adjust the dollar amount and make the payment and get the work done right away. Uh, these are complex commercial claims and they take a lot of time to get resolved. So when, you, when we hear that, well, you may not be paying claims fast enough because look at the percentage, it's such a small percentage of the amount that you expect to pay that you paid so far, why is that? And the answer really is that it takes a long time to determine uh, what the proper dollar amount is on a complex commercial claim. And then many times the property owner, the policyholder, the claimant, they have to decide what they want to do. 
in many cases, they have to make the decision, do they want to rebuild in the same place or not? And if they don't want to rebuild in the same place and they want to go somewhere else, I think the claim probably gets resolved more quickly. If they decide that they want to rebuild in the same place, then it takes a lot more time just because you have to do demolition, you have to have permits pulled. You know, if you're, if you're rebuilding from, from scratch, basically, it's going to be a long process. And, and the insurance claims process, uh, there, in, in, a, in a commercial claim, there's not usually just one payment. Oftentimes that payment is kind of broken up into pieces and the final piece doesn't get paid until the building is finally done. And so these claims, these could drag out for a while. So when you see a low percentage of claims paid so far, that doesn't mean that insurers are necessarily dragging their feet. That just shows you that these claims are complex and it's going to take time to resolve. And, and we should know that, you know, as time goes on and more work gets completed, more rebuilding is done, more payment will be made and eventually people will be made whole. Well, what are the latest numbers or estimates that you can share with us in terms of the, the total losses and the uh, percentage of claims paid out right. so far? Well, so the Commerce Department, as I mentioned, is doing a data call. So they're collecting this information from insurers. Initially, they were doing it in two-week bursts, and they've since switched now to one-month bursts. So our data is just a little bit uh, dated now because we're still waiting for the next data uh, call time to hit. Uh, but we know that our, our member companies are estimating that they'll be paying about $280 million in insured losses. Uh, we're getting close to about 40% of that amount being paid out. But one thing to note is that's just insured losses. When you're talking about, you know, how much damage happened overall, you have to realize that, the, that it's going to be in three pieces. The first piece is the $280 million or so in insured losses. Well, then there's going to be a significant amount of uninsured losses. So that's a loss that somebody didn't have insurance for or the wrong kind of insurance. And we really don't know. There's no, no easy way to tell what that number is going to be. And then there'll be losses to public infrastructure. So for example, you know, the city of Minneapolis owned the third precinct building. There was a Hennepin County Library building that was burned down. There was a charter school that was burned. Uh, there was uh, you know, se uh, several, uh, two post offices. So there's federal uh, property that was damaged. And so when you look at the, the publicly owned infrastructure, we don't know what that estimate is going to be either. But just from insured losses, it's going to be about 280 million. When you add in uninsured and public property loss, this could easily be a half billion dollar catastrophe loss. What are some examples of maybe uh, losses that aren't covered in a typical standard policy? Sure. So it, let's just say uh, a, a, a property owner may have only purchased what we call CGL, Commercial General Liability Insurance. Mm -hmm. And so that's a policy that protects the business owner in case perhaps, for example, a customer comes onto their premises and then maybe they slip and fall and they injure themselves. This is very common, actually. They have a slip and fall accident and they get injured and they sue the business owner. The Commercial General Liability or CGL policy would pay in that case. And we do know there are cases where there are business owners who that's the only thing they bought was a CGL policy. Well, that did protect them in case they get sued, but it didn't cover any property loss whatsoever. So if they had loss to their building, loss to their contents, if they suffered the lack of ability to earn income, which that is called business interruption, there is you know, the possibility of getting money from your business interruption coverage. Those kind of claims are not covered. If you just had a CGL policy, then you'd only be able to get payment on a claim if someone sued you. Uh, we also know that people did buy policies with low limits on uh, what could be paid on the property loss. So 
if you had a building that perhaps was valued at, let's say, you know, $500,000, we knew property owners didn't buy the full 500,000 and that's on the property owner. You know, they have the right to do that if they want to, but it's not necessarily prudent business practice to deliberately underinsure yourselves. And what happened is exactly why. Uh, it's important that if you have a business and you do want to protect that business, there's insurance coverage available that's not terribly expensive uh, that can protect you. And unfortunately, it's a sad lesson that we have to learn, but I think a lot of business owners will start to reassess if they deliberately didn't buy the right insurance or deliberately bought too a little of it. Uh, we have heard uh, one or two times that there's some business owners who didn't really understand the insurance buying process. And, you know, particularly on Lake Street, there's a lot of people from other countries. Maybe they didn't quite understand how the system works here. You know, there's certainly some education that could be done. And I think we fault our industry and the agent community for not doing a better job of explaining what is insurance. You know, how much do you need? How can you get it? Um, but it's it's really simple. When you want to find that kind of coverage, you can just contact an agent or a broker, and it doesn't take much time. You give them some very minimal details of what you're looking for and let them do the work and find the coverage and give you the options, and they'll do all the legwork and give you the presentation. So, you know, we've heard concerns from business owners saying, well, it's too hard to learn how to do it. I don't want to do that. And our, our answer is, well, there's a great resource, and that's called the agent. So you give the agent or a broker a call and they can do all the work for you. So there's really no excuse for a business owner not to be prepared to be able to handle a catastrophe like this because there are coverage options available and easily, easily affordable, easily available, and not too difficult to understand when you contact an agent. Yeah, I talked to a business owner on University Avenue in St. Paul who unfortunately lost uh, I mean, she suffered major damage to the, the building, which she owned, and, and uh, inventory and personal property. And if you add it all up, she said it was close to a million dollars. And um, I mean, could that, could all of those things potentially have been covered in an insurance policy? Absolutely. A comprehensive commercial insurance policy easily could cover all that. Um, commercial insurance is much different from what we call personal lines. Personal lines like homeowners and auto, they're kind of cookie cutter. So there's the, the underwriting done on it is pretty simple underwriting. You kind of slot yourself into where you, know, where you fit and they, they can pr price you the policy you know, right even on the line. Heck, you can even do it on your phone. You can go on your phone, type in some details, and you can buy coverage on your phone while you're waiting minutes after you enter the data. So it's very easy to get that kind of coverage in personal lines. Uh, commercial lines is a much different animal because each one of those policies, and I mean every single policy, is individually underwritten by the insurer. So they can actually go through the business owner and say, okay, what do you need to cover? Okay, you need to cover your building. How much is it worth? What would the rebuilding cost be? And so you can put that as a, as a piece. Uh, what kind of inventory do you have? Okay, so let's add that up and figure out, okay, here's that. Personal property, uh, you know, loss of income. If you, if you suffer a, 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 a situation where you're not able to be in business, just because of a, of a, of a covered loss, uh, then you can actually get a, an insurance claim on the lack of income that you would be making had you not been closed because your property was damaged. So there's all those lines of coverage can be put into a package and then that you come up with a, a final premium. And those kind of packages are individually tailored to each business. So the business owner that you talked to could have very easily uh, spoken with an insurer and actually you know, covered all those to an amount that would completely replace all of the business, the you know, the, the building, the contents, the the uh, potential loss of uh, of uh, business income. If you had temporary relocation expenses, so if she wanted to open her business at, at a different storefront temporarily while they were making repairs 
to her main uh, location, some of those temporary uh, expenses can be covered by insurance as well, all of which can be put into a package. And, you know, we, we hope that business owners learn from this, that it's really important to have that conversation with your agent or broker and let them do the work to find you the coverage that you need because it is easily uh, obtainable. And I assume the same thing applies to buildings under construction. We've reported on uh, at least a couple of instances where buildings under construction nearing completion were, were destroyed or damaged. So that Yes, same thing applies there with a couple of uh, caveats. One is that I'm not sure that you'd be able to be fully insured if the, if the building wasn't completed yet. I know there were several businesses or several businesses, there were several properties uh, that were you know, there was one right across from the XL Energy Center, for example, that I think uh, caught fire. Yeah. Uh, there was some uh, other, uh, there was a big building in uh, Minneapolis near Lake Street that was nearing completion. Uh, those might have uh, slightly different coverages because when the building's not complete yet, there's, it's not for sure whether the fire suppression systems that are required under the building codes were operational yet. And if they weren't, it was a higher risk. And if it was a higher risk, there may either be lower coverage amounts or a higher deductible and the full policy may not kick in until the building was certified for occupancy, just because we don't know if all the risk mitigation that as the codes were, were completed at that time. So that's one thing to think about in those kind of situations. So the one big takeaway here is uh, business owners are, are well advised to um, seek out an agent and talk and get some answers to if they don't really, if they aren't sure what kind of coverage they should get, uh, just seek someone well, out. You know, we don't, I don't think anybody in the insurance industry anticipates that everybody that's not in the insurance industry understands what's available. But there, there are many times where business owners simply don't know what they could have. And that's where an agent who could say, hey, you might want to think about uh, this kind of cover. You know, maybe there's a business that does have a significant public presence that has a lot of people coming in to, to the facility. You may want to, as a business owner, Think about getting a, a really serious commercial general liability policy, maybe with an umbrella on top of that, so that if you do get sued, because we've seen, we, we call them nuclear verdicts. We see uh, cases where juries are awarding astronomical amounts of money that are, aren't really warranted, but meant to send a message to the business owner that you shouldn't do that. And so you have these, these uh, large jury verdict awards, these nuclear verdicts, uh, which need to be paid for somehow. And so it might not be bad for a, a business owner to consider that and an, an agent or a broker can say, you know, you have a lot more risk than you think you do and explain how that can be. And in doing that, find risk mitigation tools. That's one thing that brokers will do for free really for a, for a client is they'll look at your business operations and they'll say, look, you have a lot of risk in these areas and here are some mitigation strategies. You know, here's, here's additional training you can give to your employees. Here's additional, uh, you know, equipment that you can buy, like the safety equipment that can help prevent losses. Um, here's, uh, you know, some, some different things you can do with your premises to make sure that your customers are safe. They give you those tools and those, those ideas for free when, they, when you are a client of theirs. And that can help you actually lower your premium. Because if you can show to the insurer that you're actively taking steps to reduce the, the potential loss, then the premium will actually go down. Because these commercial insurance policies are individually underwritten and priced based on the risk. So if you can go through that process with a broker or an agent, you actually can reduce your risk and lower your premiums while still protecting your, uh, your assets. And I think it's a great tool to use. Hmm. 
Yeah, interesting stuff. And uh, what what other initiatives has the Federation been working on, either at the Capitol or just in, in general? Um, anything else uh, on your plate? <laughs> well, one of the things that's been happening this year, because not, not only did we have all the civil commotion, but we've also had a pretty bad storm year for, mm -hmm. for Minnesota. Uh, you know, ever since 1998, we've noticed a very dramatic and very specific increase in the amount of severe storms that have hit our state. Back in 1998, uh, we had a, a series of three really significant storms where there was about $1.5 billion in catastrophe losses in 1998. And that was more than the previous 40 years combined. Mm -hmm. So we went for decades with relative quiet. And all of a sudden in 1998, we had a $1.5 billion catastrophe year. And since then, we have every few years, we have another billion dollar event. So we just had another one uh, two years ago that we thought. Uh, was only going to be about a billion dollars. It ended up being $3.2 billion. The, the biggest, it was one hailstorm in July a few years ago that uh, hit the northwest metro of the Twin Cities. And that ended up being the 10th most costly storm in the world that year. And so we, you know, that was, and if you look back, you know, 40 years, we didn't even have $1.5 billion in losses. We had more than double that in one 30 minute storm. So, mm. So you can see that these weather events are having a significant impact. And the biggest issue with that is that it's, it's being reflected in insurance premiums. So we, you know, back in 1998, the average uh, homeowner's insurance premium was about $350. We were like 35th in the country. So we were a relatively affordable state. Uh, you fast forward to today and we've had multiple years of billion dollar events. Our average premium is close to $1,500. We're now number 10 in the country in just the past 20, 20, 30 years or so. And really it's because of the increased storm severity. And we're also seeing when these storms happen, we see a flood of what we call storm chasers. So these are the roofing companies. Most of them are from out of town. They come in and offer to do your roof. Uh, they make all kinds of promises. Uh, they put the roof on, uh, you know, the bid for the, for the price of the roof is about triple what you'd see from your local hometown mm -hmm. roofer. And then the roof goes on, the payment's made, and then they're out of town. So if something happens, you know, the phone number that they had was a throwaway cell phone. So you try to contact them and who knows where they are. And oh. so consumers aren't really served by that. We're trying to fight back against that kind of stuff. Uh, we just yeah. had a meeting actually yesterday with the Department of Labor and Industry uh, to talk about, about what some of the things that we can do, if there's any tools we can use to help maybe, you know, inform consumers or find sure. ways we can kind of cut down on the storm chasers. And so those are the kind of initiatives that we might be looking at in uh, the 2021 legislative session. Yeah, and consumers make sure those contractors are licensed and bonded and in good standing. And Absolutely, it's important to yeah get make sure licensed, bonded, and insured because uh, many of these roofing companies will hire subcontractors, mm -hmm. and if the subcontractor is up on your roof and the contractor didn't have, for example, workers' compensation insurance mm -hmm. for them, and the subcontractor doesn't carry it on themselves, and then they fall off your roof and get hurt, uh, guess who's paying for that? <laughs> um, you, the homeowner, could get sued. Uh, and have to have a mechanics lien on your mortgage to pay off the medical costs of the subcontractor because the contractor didn't have the right insurance for them. So it's important that if you're going to have someone work on your house, double check the references, make sure they have the license, make sure they're bonded, make sure they're insured. That way you as the homeowner can be protected in case something bad happens. Well, and these fly-by-night characters undermine the legitimate contractors out there who Totally. And we always recommend that. We recommend, you know, make sure you go with somebody that you've heard about. If you, you know, get a recommendation from a neighbor or a friend or relative or even your insurance agent. You know, if the company's here in Minnesota and they hire their own staff, and they have their own vehicles and 
They've got their own capital invested in it. That's a company that's going to be here for a while. You know, if you're working with somebody who is working off a cell phone in the back of a pickup truck with no signs on it, that's pretty risky because you don't know where they're going to be when they're done with your job. So if you have a problem with it, uh, that could be an issue if, you know, you need to kind of make another repair. If you had a hometown company do it, you know where they are. You don't necessarily know where a guy in a pickup truck and a cell phone is. So it's, it's really important to make sure that you pick the right uh, contractor and hopefully uh, you'll have a good experience. Yeah. Well, Mark, thank you. That's a lot, a lot of great information there. Um, any, any other final thoughts before I let you go? Uh, no, just, you know, the important thing is when we at the insurance and the insurance federation insurance industry, we are trying to get the word out through forums like this and, and other uh, forums to just let consumers know that if you have questions about insurance, you certainly can uh, ask your company um, at the insurance federation. If you go to insurancefederation.org, our, in our website, we do have a tool available. If you have a question about insurance, it's called the Minnesota Insurance Helpline. And if you go on insurancefederation.org, you click on the helpline link, you can ask your question. And then usually within a day or two, we can have someone get back to you with uh, answers to your insurance questions, free unbiased. We don't recommend companies. We just make sure that we answer consumer questions. And we are trying to get the word out that, you know, we know insurance is a complicated topic, but with, uh, with time and all you do have to do is just contact us and we can certainly answer any questions that they have. Great. Well, thank you again, Mark. I really enjoyed chatting with you and appreciate the information. And Thanks, Brian. Really appreciate being there. I appreciate the opportunity to be here. Take care. Thank you. Take care. Thank you for listening, and please subscribe to Beyond the Skyline. We can be found wherever you listen to your podcasts. To learn more about finance and commerce or to subscribe, go to our website, www.finance-commerce.com. I'm Joel Shetler, Editor of Finance and Commerce. Thank you again for listening to Beyond the Skyline.